You are listening to the Weight Loss for Heroes podcast with Dr. Christine LaRocca, where you will learn how to take back control of your health and lose weight by maximizing your lifestyle and minimizing medications so that you can add years to your life and life to your years. Hi, I'm Dr. Christine LaRocca. I am so excited that you're here with me for your weight loss journey. This weekend, a drill for the Army National Guard, I got to meet new firefighters. These firefighters are also soldiers. I got to work alongside of soldiers from all different backgrounds and specialties, including medical personnel and engineers. They are such a genuine group of soldiers, true heroes. If you guys are listening from this weekend, I'm so thankful for your service each and every day. And I'm so excited you're here with me. You are the reason why I do this. So here we go. This week, I'm going to teach you about the reasons that you're overeating. You may not be aware of these things. We're going to talk about hormones. We're going to talk about dopamine, leptin, ghrelin. We're going to do a review on the glucose and insulin from last week. And then we're going to talk about cortisol. So if you haven't listened to the other episodes yet, this is episode number three about overeating. So if you haven't yet, go back and listen to episode number one and number two first, and then come back. If not, whatever, let's just jump in. All right. So dopamine, I want you to know that food can actually cause addiction. I want to let that sink in for a second, for a second. So dopamine is the hormone that's released when we eat foods that we enjoy. It's the pleasure or feel-good hormone. When we eat concentrated foods such as flour or sugar, this causes too much dopamine to be released. It's a short-term reward. We can relate this to the dopamine spike that people experience when they do drugs such as heroin or cocaine. And this is not at all to dismiss the seriousness of a drug addiction, but it is to highlight the seriousness of a food addiction. So if you eat food that you enjoy in moderation, whole foods, you get a moderate dopamine response. But if you eat foods in the form of concentrated flour or sugar, you get too much dopamine at one time. And the problem is that once we've had that surge of dopamine, our brain wants to meet that same level of the feel-good hormone again. But the way we interpret the pleasure gets blunted by our brains because it's already been too high and likely for a long time. So what this means is that we don't get the same level of dopamine released as we did initially. So we keep going to more and more and more. When you stop eating concentrated flour and sugar, you will go through withdrawal. This is serious. If you go through withdrawal from eating a food, how much does that speak to the potency and toxicity of these substances? They are toxic. And in the same podcast, I'm comparing food to drug addictions. 
If you stop eating concentrated carbohydrates in the form of flour and sugar, you will, you will withdraw for two to three days. Some people even as long as five days, you will feel physically unwell. You will have headaches. Some of you may have experienced this before. Some of the soldiers that I was talking to about nutrition today were telling me that they experience this when they stop eating sugar. So I want you to take that really seriously and think about it. Think about the foods that are concentrated that you're eating. When I say concentrated carbohydrates or I say refined flour or refined carbohydrates, they're all the same words. That means something that was pulverized down to a flour consistency and made back into a food such as bread, pasta, white rice. Anything that's called a flour has been pulverized down to a very fine material. Things that are uh, whole wheat or whole grain that are breads or pastas, for example, they're pulverized down to the basic level. And then they have a little bit of that nutrient added back, but they're still a concentrated food. So dopamine can cause that really feel good pleasure hormone to affect our brain. And when we have that, that causes overeating because we want to achieve that again. So there's one example of why we overeat and one intervention that we can make. The next reason that we overeat is because of our insulin response to glucose in the blood. And we talked a lot about this last week in episode two in the episode called sugar is fattening. So I'm going to touch on it here again, in case you're listening out of order or you need a recap, which is always good. So eating processed carbohydrates and or sugar leads to an increase in our blood glucose and fructose levels. This causes our insulin to spike. Why? Because insulin is the gatekeeper for the cell that opens the cells and lets the glucose in and fructose in and allows them to be used as energy by our body. When we eat concentrated foods, we get a huge surge of glucose into the bloodstream, leading to a huge surge of insulin. The insulin is released from the pancreas in response to the blood glucose. This ultimately leads to insulin resistance. The cells get less responsive to opening the door for insulin because they've been flooded by insulin constantly over and over and over again. This lets the glucose, the blood sugar hang around in the bloodstream, causing a vicious cycle because then more insulin is released then more glucose is in the blood. So too much glucose in the blood wreaks havoc on the body in the form of diabetes and many other disease processes that I will get into in a later episode but so does too much insulin. Too much insulin actually blocks an important signal from getting to our brain. It blocks the message that we are full and have had enough to eat. And this is how too much insulin leads to overeating. So what is that hormone that tells us when we've had enough to eat? It's called leptin. Leptin is the hormone that produces satiety. Satiety means that we are full. We feel full. To counter that, there's another hormone called ghrelin. Ghrelin is the hormone that tells our brain when we're hungry. So this makes sense. Leptin 
is made in fat cells. It's made in adipose tissue. And that makes sense because if we have too much adipose tissue, then we don't need to keep eating in the moment, right? If we have too much adipose tissue, our body should probably fast and start to break down some of that adipose tissue so that we can get some of the weight off and get back to a healthy weight. Ghrelin is created in the stomach. It's released from the stomach when the stomach is empty to tell our brain that we're hungry. But when we eat a bulky food, like a whole food, our stomach stretched out and that signal gets turned off. So when our stomach is stretched, ghrelin is turned off and it stops sending the signal to the brain that we're hungry. However, when we eat highly concentrated foods, they're rapidly absorbed and ghrelin continues to be produced by the stomach. At the same time, we're eating this concentrated food. The insulin is spiking in response to the glucose and blocks the leptin from getting to the brain. Remember, the leptin is the one that says that we're full. So this is a double-edged sword. So eating small, frequent meals throughout the day, like we've been taught for the last 40 years, lets the stomach stay distended and keeps the ghrelin flowing. This leads to hunger throughout most of the day and ultimately leads to overeating. So just to recap that really quick, because these are a lot of hormones, leptin is the satiety hormone. Leptin is the one that our body produces to tell our brain that we're full. Ghrelin is the hormone that tells our brain when we're hungry. And the way I think about this is that ghrelin makes the belly growl. And that's released when the stomach is empty. Okay, so you got that. So, so far, dopamine out of regulation can lead to overeating. Insulin resistance can lead to overeating. And leptin and ghrelin dysregulation can lead to overeating. So those are four different or three different things so far. Our last one here today is going to be about cortisol. So when your body's under stress from things like lack of sleep or from emotional stress or from physical stress, it can lead to an increase in your cortisol levels. When you have an increase in your cortisol levels, that leads to an increase in blood glucose levels, blood sugar levels in anticipation for that flight or fight response. So think about this. If your body needs to enter the fight or, f- fight or flight response, your body's going to need fuel to function. It's going to need fuel to fight, fuel to run, whatever it is that you need to do. Fuel to brace yourself from impact, whatever it is. Your body needs an abundance of energy. So it floods the bloodstream with glucose, whether this is from a meal that you've just eaten or it's breaking down those glucose stores and flooding them into the bloodstream. So either way, this causes a spike in insulin because remember insulin spikes in response to glucose. And again, leading to the cycle of insulin resistance, because if you constantly have an elevated cortisol level from your body being under stress from one of these things, lack of sleep, emotional stress, physical stress. If it's constant, your insulin level is going to be constantly elevated too from the elevated blood sugar. So what can you do? So as far as the stress, you could aim to keep this under control by managing your thoughts, which create your feelings, or managing your situations, 
or getting enough sleep, sleeping seven to eight hours per night and making this a priority. Some people benefit more from seven. Some people need nine. You really should know yourself and what you need. But if your answer is that I can sleep for five hours a night and I'm fine, you're wrong. If you work shift work, this is really hard, but it can be done. What else can you do for the other things that we talked about? Eliminating or limiting flour and sugar. Eating two to three meals a day without snacking in between. Stop eating throughout the day. The thought that eating small meals throughout the day is boosting our metabolism is obviously not working for us or we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be in the situation that we're in. America wouldn't be getting more and more obese and we wouldn't be having more and more cardiovascular disease causing heart attacks and strokes. Eating two to three meals a day without snacking is a form of intermittent fasting, which we'll go into more in a further episode. So I absolutely know that this helps to regulate your insulin levels, which we've talked about multiple reasons today why insulin causes overeating. So pick two or three meals a day and stick to that. If you want to go more and have a a bigger um, window where you're not eating, do two meals. If you want to try to be consistent with what you're already doing, but make an improvement somewhere, stick to three meals and don't snack in between. Throw out those rice cakes. Get rid of the crackers. Stop eating pretzels. They're not healthy for us. You're going to have thoughts that are holding you back from doing these things. And that's human. We're all human. This is a big learning curve, right? These are things that we haven't been taught our whole lives. We, our whole lives, we've been taught a low fat diet and eat small, frequent meals throughout the day. So this is basically opposite of what you've been taught. So you're going to have things that your brain comes up with, right? Your brain's going to come up with all of these reasons why you shouldn't do these things, why you don't need seven to eight hours for sleep at night, why you have no control over your stress, but that's not true. These are called limiting beliefs. A limiting belief is something you've thought over and over again. That's not true. You get to decide your thoughts, but that hind brain is going to come up and it's going to want you to come up with every excuse that you can not to do this because it wants to be comfortable and making change is uncomfortable. You need to use your prefrontal cortex, your planning brain to make these changes in your life. So answer this question either out loud right now or on a piece of paper. What limiting beliefs are holding you back from getting the results that you want in your life? Next. What change can you make today towards progress? I want you to answer those two questions, whether it's on a piece of paper or out loud. You've got this. You can do this. I'm here supporting you. I'm rooting for you each week. I'm going to have more and more coming out. So I'm going to be here for you through every step of this process. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care.